there's a hero shot of them, of the camera looking up at them, looking down on the camera. And I just felt like I was in the grave. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> She <laughs> finds their message in a bottle. So like, is it saying that there are men waiting to love you on a remote island somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe. <my> <laughs> You're the one out at the end. Yeah, I love that little line because Chris starts taking his head. You <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chris. That's Shan. Welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we're discussing InSync's debut album, InSync. CCTV is your passport into the world of pop music. Join us as we deep dive into your favorite artist songs and careers, utilizing our expertise that ranges from performing on stage to working behind the scenes at record labels. And you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops or subscribe on Spotify for exclusive bonus content along with our amazing crew, including Lily, Lisette, Emily, and Juliet. Join our over 2,000 subscribers and explore the world of pop music with us. Yes, that's right. Thank you. We have 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that was thanks to our InSync Pop 101 episode series that came out yeah. over the past couple months. Thank you to everyone who has been supporting that. We've seen a lot of engagement on like Twitter and stuff from all the InSync fans. So everyone's yeah. excited that they came back, and so are we. So we decided that we would do another episode and actually deep dive into the full debut album. Yes, yeah, so there are two versions of the album, or actually three versions of the album. Yes, so technically. Lots to get through. <laughs> Absolutely. It was first released in May 1997 in Germany, and Sync's debut album has a few different versions. And after being released internationally in March 1998 with an updated track listing, the album has sold over 15 million copies worldwide. So for our review, we're sticking with the standard U.S. edition of the album. And if you'd like to hear our thoughts on the German and U.K. exclusive tracks, you'll have to join us over on Patreon or subscribe on Spotify. So now we will go track by track and discuss the productions, the vocals, and the lyrics and give our ratings for each song. And first up, we have Tearing Up My Heart, which was done by Christian London and Max Martin. And it was released as the group's second single. And the song was actually originally written for the Backstreet Boys. So though it is known as one of the group's signature songs, its chart performance doesn't actually really reflect that. It peaked at number 59 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And I think maybe a year or two after release, it hit number nine on the U.K. singles chart. So I think it's one of their most popular, but not chart-wise, I guess. Uh, it's a cult classic <laughs> a very big cult. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to call it that. Uh, yeah, it's a cult classic. You know what's interesting? When I was a kid, I used to think that this song was legit, like Backstreet Boys. You, you can't tell the difference. Oh, Me yeah. Me and diapers, I couldn't tell the difference between milk and, you know, soy milk. Food, yeah, soy milk. Exactly. <laughs> Something as simple as that, right? So, I mean, this is a pretty decent start. But yeah, I can hear the Backstreet Boys influence. But considering you know, what label they were under and who was managing them and such. It, it makes sense. But yeah, the, depending on what version of this album, the song you listen to, you think like this concert opening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> or this dramatic sounding track with the strings and the um, the vocal, the harmonies. I mean, either way, as soon as you get that first verse, like the beat drops, you get this little bouncy bass line. And I like that because it does sound so dramatic. And I think back in the 90s, they really figured out how to really balance that 
drama with the danceability, you know, crying in the club. And and I think it's so interesting that uh, they had an 18 year old and what, like a 17, 16 year old kind of leading the vocals. So you're just like, there's like how many of them in the group? Only two of them are singing. And I think it's, I think it's interesting to see how they already kind of secured their roles and whatnot. And, you know, you and I complain about it now with like American groups, but like it, it made sense because they sounded so good. Like JT and Justin had such distinct voices. Like one was more nasal and the other one was a little bit more R&B and smoother in tone. So it's mm. nice to hear. And shout out to Chris, Chris K on the uh, harmonies uh, because it, it stinks that they're not super prominent in the song, but he holds down his parts. And it's so interesting because I think had he not been in the group, they probably would have ended up sounding like Backstreet a little bit too much. But he helps add a like a very high tone that Backstreet doesn't necessarily have. Like they don't have anyone at the super top sounding like an alto. Yeah. But yeah, it just kind of stinks that the the vocals are kind of far back, especially the harmonies are far back in the mix on the recording. In live versions, thank goodness you can hear it, and thank goodness for the bridge section, you can kind of like oh, yeah. there's voices other than the two cute ones. Like we mentioned in the Pop 101, this is the perfect mix of like heartthrob and cheese you know oh. the pensiveness and like oh i messed up but i still love you girl come dance with me you know so. <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah no that's interesting i love that you called out chris actually as kind of a big vocal differentiator from the backstreet boys that's interesting i never thought about it that way i agree i think the justin and jc are very clearly they're very clearly the obvious lead vocals because they're, they're just way more emotive, like way more soulful, I think, yeah, yeah. just in how they do it. So it just makes sense. But yeah, that is interesting. But yeah, I do love this track. I think the production is pretty perfect. I think I said it's pretty perfect in our 101, too. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> but yeah, I think the production is actually really great. Like you do have the really dramatic strings. You get the, the synths, you get the twinkles, you get, the, you know, there's a nice kind of very like snappy percussion as well. And there's also this like interesting crackly kind of distorted sound that runs through it too. So yeah, I think it's pretty good. And the build is great throughout, especially in the vocal production. And you notice that a lot kind of throughout all these songs. Like JC sings the first verse, very kind of just straightforward melo- melody. Yeah. Then you get some little harmonies from Chris and the chorus is also just kind of mainly JC, that first chorus. And then, then Justin does the second verse, some more riffs, a little more soulful more background vocals kick in. And then by the time you get to the last choruses, you hear everybody. So the way they built that was was very nice. And the production isn't really changing at all. Like throughout the whole thing, it's really the vocals that are building it. So that's kind of cool. Um, that's very different, I think, from current music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just so, so catchy. Just really, really well-written, well-structured pop song. Yeah, I think so, too. And, uh, and I think having a, a music video helps, obviously. Like I said, I, I remember watching this and they were dressed in that typical like boy group. Like, oh, I'm yeah. laughing. I'm laughing now. We love the all white. Oh, yeah. So you already know where I was going. You already know. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it's one of those things where when you're little, you don't know. Because to me, I was like, white boys. That's all I saw was white boys. I was, like, I was Backstreet Boys or whoever I thought it was at the time. But they fit. I mean, if you were someone who, were wa- who was watching this video on TV and you didn't know who they were and it popped up on your television, you might think, oh, is that Backstreet? Or like, who is this? Or it's just the formula has worked so well. Mm-hmm. If they broke, don't fix it. And if they're cute, keep reusing it. And they were super cute. And, and I know it's super weird to be talking about them retroactively because they were like in their teens and like early 20s. 
but like they were older than me at the time. My point is, it's nice to have that. Like I can only imagine what a girl would feel like watching these boys or any person, girl, guy, in between, would feel looking at these guys like, oh my gosh, he said he's sorry. Like it's it's really <laughs> one of those things. They're laying down in the bed thinking about their life, but it wasn't like overly sensual, which I appreciate because very easily. And also considering who was managing them, it could have gone in a different direction. It could have been really sleazy. And it wasn't, you know. But yeah, each one of them had a charm where they come close to the camera. You're like, oh my God, I like that one. I like that one. And I think that's important. They looked like they were having fun, but also understood what they were singing about. So the emotion mm. was there and the performance was there and the faces were facing, you know. <laughs> so and the choreography was going off. Like it's just all a good mix of things for sure. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's a very effective and simple concept too, right? Just a photo shoot. You get some nice, fun, candid moments. You get them, you know, doing their thing as well in front of the camera. The choreography is crazy in this. There's so many flips and turns, and it's just a lot. Uh, and they're just doing the absolute most. You know, they're like, this is our, you know, we got to do the most. We don't know how much more we're going to have, right? So <laughs> they just got to... It's never knowing that's the last video. I think the bridge is hilarious because, because you know the beat falls bad, but I guess they took the the cut of Justin like still bopping. Yeah. So he's like he's still bopping as he's singing yeah. it, and there's no beat, <laughs> so it's just extra dramatic. And then there's all these poses as well. There's all these poses that happen with the, where they're like backlit with the window and stuff. It's hilarious. It's 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 so dramatic, but very entertaining. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I think he was feeling, you know, the you know, the head go. Oh, head yeah. Going. But I just he feel was, like the beat he, was supposed he, he to be won. there for those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's him keeping that's it. His necklace is metronome, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, back to what you're saying about the choreography. If you guys have never seen it, which at this point, why not? Go watch their live performances of this song. I mean, any of the songs from this album era or even mm. before them when they were doing Pleasure Island, all those other random shows in Germany. They were putting work in on these teeny tiny little stages. And it was absolutely crazy. I was watching, uh, I, forgot, I forgot what performance, but the mics were super very much on because <laughs> <laughs> around a minute and like 20 something seconds when Chris and JC are doing their, their assisted flips, you can hear their feet stomping against the set. And then I either JC or someone says something about like your hand was in the way or something, but you can hear them talking to each other on the stage. And then JC starts singing again and Chris assists him with the harmonies. Mm. And I'm like, after a minute and a half of dancing and doing that flip, that's really impressive. Like we complain a lot about K-pop not doing this, but oh, but they're dancing so hard. When your favorite does a flip, <laughs> you call me. No, you're right. Like, I actually watched their pay-per-view, like the NSYNC in concert, 1999 concert again earlier this week, like just in preparation for this. Yo, they are so good. Like, it's insane how solid they are live. Because you're right. Like, they'll do this crazy dance breakdown and then Justin and JC will just come back forward and it's like, they're not <laughs> like out of breath. Happened. They're not sweating. Like, they're just like, yeah. yeah. One, one it's take. insane. One yeah. take children, several it's cameras. It's insane. And the harmonies are very much live as well. Oh, man. Yeah, they're so good. Yep. All right. So what do you rate this one? Even it's saying. <laughs> this is a very clear 10. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Up next is I Just Want to Be With You by Full Force. All right, Full Force. I'm familiar with this group. I think you might be too. Like, like 
maybe certain songs like, oh, they did that or like, yes. oh, they worked on that one. Right. OK. What do you think about this one? Because this one, I feel like it sounds the most Snowtown. It's one of those Snowtown songs. If you guys have not watched our Pop 101, I basically said like Pooh Perlman had made like a white version of Motown and, and basically called it Snowtown. I'm kidding. I'm calling it Snowtown. Yeah. I enjoy a good Snowtown moment because these guys actually have the chops. So mm-hmm. that being said, how do you feel about their chops? Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, I had chosen this as my deep cut pick on our 101 episode. So obviously I do love this track. I had said if I was in a boy band, I would want this type of song for sure. <laughs> He's uh, like, can you imagine listening? I want this one, please. You guys get the song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. You know, because it's it, it's it's sexy, but not cheesy. I love how kind of breathy the whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Like the chorus is not sung in a belted way at all. Yeah. And even as you kind of get into the first verse and stuff, like JC sings kind of in his mix the whole time. And even then, every single choice is so intentional. Like every breath, like every, oh, the way he like enunciates each syllable like it's like all very very intentional yeah and then every member does get some shine as well like you have joey gets a few little little bits and little ad libby things chris gets a little highlight in the bridge is it lance doing those kind of filtered talky bits in the back as I, well i, I want to say yeah, maybe th- yeah i thought it was him i thought it was lance yeah like, yeah like, lance has a bass a little bit more bass in his tone than joey does joey right, can right, do right. It, but i think it's i think you're right yeah you're yeah right. yeah and the production is really nice. There's a nice, funky, distorted guitar, a lot of synth and keyboard elements. Yeah, I love this one. And, and it is interesting in the context of the album, because this is one of the newer tracks, right, that they had added for the American release. It's definitely more mature than, I would say, probably almost the rest, everything else on the album, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But it I is very American, so it makes sense as well. So yeah, I love it. Yes. You know, I, I, I heard this song and I was like, mm, it sounds really black. Oh. So when we were doing the research, I was like, oh, full force. Oh, yeah, they're black as black. Yeah. They're from Brooklyn. And they were like, they, if you guys don't know, they did work with Lisa Lisa in the cult jam. I wonder if you check me out. Like, mm. me they, they, they've done stuff with 3LW, um, this girl group called Ex-Girlfriend that like went nowhere, unfortunately. But like when I think of full force, I think of Jerry Curls and Muscles in good production. You know, like they have a very talented set of dudes. <laughs> mm. And like this song really shows off the guys' like R&B capabilities. Because I mean, like, you know, this, the clips are floating around now of them performing on the Mickey Mouse Club. But they're singing like Jodeci and like all these other yes. R&B songs. Like Jodeci is not the song to be singing. I mean, they're group group, but their kids are too young inside. But yeah, no, it really shows off their abilities and where their influences come from. The lyrics are a little bit risque, but not in the sleazy way. Like I said, it's not sleazy. It's romantic in this boyfriend-girlfriend kind of way. Like, you know, I don't want, I want to drown in your love. Leave me to your water. If you're scared of love, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I'm scared too. Like this kind of like very sweet, young love kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but just cooler with the R&B approach. But yeah, it's interesting that Full Force gave sync this song, but then the more pop-focused track, all I have to give to Backstreet Boys. Because I'm like, they both work together. Albums came around the same time-ish. So it's interesting that they kind of were just like, give them the R&B, but gave Backstreet Boys the pop thing. So I guess them going the R&B route was like the best way to go. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit more of that as we get to the one of the European eccentric tracks. But yeah, it's (laughs) interesting to hear this and be like, oh yeah, this is a good fit. 
you know? Yeah, so I yeah, appreciate yeah. the thought behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the performances are so good. The song does have a built-in dance break, which also I love. But yeah, they do a great job. I, I wish there were more performances of this floating around because you only kind of have the, the Disney one and then the tour one. But yeah, this one is great. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> I give this a 10. How about you? Oh, nice, nice, nice. I gave it a 9.5 because I had the dance break. I'm like, okay, uh, all right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to Here We Go, which was done by Tony Kutura, Bulin Arith, Rolex, and VD Tomb. And this was released as the third single from the album exclusively in Germany. Woo, these names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, yes. We got a 90s new Jack swing. Jack mm-hmm. Jam. Listen, there was something so fun about these little jock jams. <laughs> the song was really fun, and it's an example of, like, how fun and playful that they are. I think during our part one when you had mentioned that either it was at Lance, but one of the members had mentioned that this song didn't, like, age well. And I'm like, it yeah. aged well better than, we gotta go when non yeah. It aged better than Ooh. that in Howie's Ponytail. I like that song. I like <laughs> it. But the, the, go when non <laughs> But yeah, it aged better than Howie's ponytail. I love me some Howie, but not that ponytail. But anyway, also, this song is another good example of black music being made palatable and like safe for consumption for like white girls back in the 90s. Cause boy, there were so many like RB boy groups back in the day, like, you know, Soul for Real, uh, High Five. And there was boys to men, but they had already established themselves as like amazing vocalists. So they were like, oh, even when they debuted, they came like in the sweater vest and the very yeah. like collegiate, you know, it wasn't like Jodeci who were like, the album's called Diary of a Mad Band, and they're wearing, you know, all black and, you know, looking dangerous. So it's interesting to kind of have this hip-hop R&B feel being translated through um, in sync, but then performing it really well. I do appreciate the the training and the attention that was placed on the vocal delivery. And it's also nice to have a break from the romance that they have on this album is it's fun. They don't really have another song. It's just like, we're having a good time. Mm. But like, that's like not focused on a woman or like an object of affection. But yeah, the song also really showed up their personality. I really do appreciate Justin's verse um, a little bit more than JC's only because Justin kind of puts on a little twang when he sings sometimes, especially certain songs. And it's, it's almost like, well, if you could not sing, this would be suspicious, but he can sing his little booty off or he could rather, you know? Yeah. So I think everything all together it's fun. It does what it needs to do. They're young. Like, why be so serious all the time? And this does a good job without being too cheesy. And every boy group needs their own, like, chanty song. Like, <laughs> you know, like, Wham had it. The Actually, boys had it. Like, So For Real called themselves out in their song. Like, they, we all do it. I mean, they all do it, rather. Excuse me. NCT does it every freaking comeback. You know? It's- <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of the intro song. That's, like, really just about nothing. And it's just, like, we're here. And we're awesome. Yeah, S-Club Party, obviously, is kind of the best example, I think. That there's, like, even fives, like, slam dunk defunct as well. Like, they call themselves out. Like, us five are blah, 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 you know. Yeah. I love that. I think every group should have that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's fine. And, yeah, I think this one, they do a good job because it is kind of silly. It is cheesy, of course. But I think because they sing it so soulfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That that makes it less cheesy. Because if you then take like S Club Party, right, where it sounds like they're like, it's a, it's a kid's show, you know, it sounds like it's for a kid's show. This doesn't necessarily sound like that. So they did a good job, I think, balancing that. 
But yeah, it's fun. Like, it's just fun. Like, pop music has gotten very serious, I think, over the years. And so it's just nice to have a song that's just about nothing. And yeah, every part of the song is super, super catchy. Very fun to sing along to, chant along to. Like, it's clearly written to be performed. Mm-hmm. Which, and then it eventually ends up opening their pay-per-view tour. I believe whatever tour that was, that 99 tour ends up being the opener, which it's a perfect opener as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, we get a lot of nice five-part harmonies here. Again, the production, you get a lot of strings. Like, there's just a lot of dramatic strings throughout this entire album. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very well-structured song. Like, it's not just an annoying line. You know, it's not just, here we go, here we go. Because I feel like a lot of that can happen, too, where it's like people get lazy with the songwriting. But with this one, like, it's actually very well written and all the harmonies are very well thought out as well, like the arrangement of it. So yeah, I think they did a great job with it. And also the music video, shout out to Sony Legacy. I was catching up with our friend Tony Ann at RCA mm-hmm. and I was very excited because if you've been on the InSync official YouTube channel over the past couple of weeks, they've been slowly uploading the music videos that were missing, uh-huh. this being one of them. So we finally have the official video upload of this and it's great what do you think of the of the video oh my god this is adorable you know boys just being boys like literally not anything crazy and it, 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 and it it's interesting because like when you watch them talking about what they w- would want to be doing they talk about oh you know i think about especially just i think about going home and playing basketball you know for my school or whatever but then i remember i'm here and my life's so great so it's like one of those things that they actually do like basketball so it's nice to kind of have them able to play that and have a high school experience because we all know they did not, not all of them had like the normal high school experience. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun, you know, playing for a trophy and then dancing at a house party. Like it feels natural and fun. Like it's relatable. There's nothing that really requires any kind of diving into and reading into. It's just boys having a good time, showing people what they got on the court, off the court, <laughs> having, a, yeah, and having a good time. And everyone be like, oh my God, they're the best. They're like, we know. <laughs> it's fun. I like yeah. it. I liked it for that, for that, for that matter. Wait for that fact. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I think giving them the cool jock treatment makes sense as well. Because uh-huh. I think you said, it wasn't in this episode, but in one of our one-on-ones, you were like, they look like, especially JC, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Like the that. most, like, stereotypical, like, yeah, fantasy high school jock. And so it, it makes sense that they would go for this because it's a very naturally appealing to, like, the young girls that they were going for as well. Um, so yeah, I think it makes sense for sure. And it's, it makes them feel more accessible because by this point, it's the third single. We had the the horrible space version of I Want You Back. And then we had, you know, them doing the photo shoot and stuff for Tearing Out My Heart. So them kind of doing this high school thing makes them a little more accessible, I think, more relatable. So that's good there. The dance routine, again, so much spinning. They have to go on the floor so much. There's like a knee spin in the bridge as well. It just looks so tiring. And there's so many formation changes and stuff. And like all the hand roof raising. Uh, (laughs) It's crazy. And they sing live again. Yeah. Like people, they do a knee spin and sing live. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Last night I went to bed singing this song and tearing up my heart. And I was like, let me see if I can do some like jumping jacks and like running around. It is not easy. It's not easy. Mm. Is it doable? Yes, but is it easy? Absolutely not. And I was sitting there going flat. Uh, they they very rarely <laughs> were going very rarely were hitting flat notes. 
So yeah, I definitely appreciate their performance of this and the, and everything that goes into this whole album. Actually, it's just mm. really like just put your work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so for this one, I will give it an eight point five. I actually match you on that too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so up next is For the Girl Who Has Everything. It is done by Julian Skinner and Vite Red. This was released as the fourth single from the album in Germany, and the original album version had the song with only JC on the lead vocals for the track, while the single version had Justin singing in the second verse with some extra ad-libs and other mm. fancy frills. All right, this one is interesting. I love I, this one. Yeah, yeah, it's not... <laughs> Again, it's another good one. Little, it's another Snowtown song. I love me a good Snowtown jam. Go off, y'all. Oh, they went off. This genre of R&B is so pop R&B, whatever you want to call it. But this genre of R&B was so like popular at the time because like a year later, Tyrese had released a song called Lately. And when this song played, I was like, chicken out of the egg. So I was like, I looked it up, obviously. I was like, okay, wait, they came first. But it's interesting because that whole jazzy R&B style was really popular at the time anyway. But better yet, it reminds me of like a Brian McKnight or even better, Boys to Men, 50 Candles. Granted, Boys to Men is like unmatched when it comes to their harmonies. But the producers brought me close to that same effect of that warmth, that I want to get close to you. The harmonies were there. Like the production was really, really good in that sense where it fit the genre that they were mimicking or creating. I don't want to sound rude here. But yes, uh, at first when I heard this, I was like, oh, Joshua Scott. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Je-. I love that man. Yeah, uh, y'all watch the pop 101. I'm trying to be good this episode. But yeah, he sounded so good. He sounded so good. But then I heard the single version. I was like, oh, Justin. Justin Randall. Go off. <laughs> it sounded really good in the harmonies with them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honey, like peanut butter and jelly. If you don't like peanut butter and jelly, find an equivalent that you like. But it was so good. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is so nice. I mean, hearing Justin in his lower register is so awesome because, like, he sings that nasally thing, and here we go. He goes, you get all these, like, little tiny things that he does. So when he does go lower, it's like, ooh, the boy has range. The little one has range. And like, the song displays all of that really well. I mean, everyone sounds good. Obviously, the harmonies are well-crafted with the members who are not singing lead, do get an opportunity to actually record. And I appreciate that because it's very few and <laughs> far between as it happened. But yeah, I think overall, I would probably say I prefer the JT and JC version. But JC, honey, you were mm-hmm. holding it down for those however long you had it solo. <laughs> yes, I agree. The single version is the one to go to. And if you are looking for it on streaming services, it is on the Essential in Sync compilation. Because I was interested to see that the U.S. version of the album also had the JC-only version. Because at that point, it was already a single, so they had the single version. Anyway, choices. Interesting choices. Yeah, it's nice to hear something a bit more organic, kind of after the last couple tracks that we had. The acoustic guitar super nice, very dynamic in, in the melody of it. And then it has the very typical 90s ethereal thing going like it has that reverb and that echoiness you know like if you listen to mariah and celine and and all the all their songs like there's always this like reverb this uh, angelic kind of filter they put on at the very end my all (laughs) yes yes yes. yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and it's like in all the ballads on this album but yeah it's just some something fun to to notice 
Yeah, JC sounds so good. Like, again, he just emotes so well. Like, I'll just say this one more time. Like, every single word has some intention behind it. Like, he is really, really intentional with his choices. And yeah, he is amazing. And this song also showcases kind of the full range of his vocal ability, too, because it kind of, again, he kind of starts off very quiet, more breathy. And then by the end, you're getting these, like, huge, belty ad libs as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think the song is well written as well. Like the chorus is super simple, but it tells a story and the harmonies are are really beautiful and it sounds melancholic, but also kind of hopeful. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of balance that that very, very well. And, and like you said, you can hear all five in the harmonies as well. And and yeah, that is kind of throughout the whole album. And it just makes me really sad that that kind of disappears like in the later albums. Because they did a really good job with kind of making sure that you could still hear all five. So, yeah. This one does have a music video. It is not uploaded as of this recording on the Sony Legacy YouTube channel yet. So I hope it does because it's an interesting one. What do you think? <laughs> Man, this rich girl. Okay, I, I get it. Like This rich girl has everything she could possibly want. Oh, my life is full of all these material things. But where's the <laughs> intangible thing that could feel deep in my heart? I get that. But girl, <laughs> girl, not even girl, boys, boys, they're on a beach under yeah. a waterfall, living the best time of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> Making s'mores, you know, dancing around the bonfire. They, they couldn't care less about this woman. But then, but then I guess there's like this weird like interaction that you're supposed to read into via like um, the bottle. I'm kind of like, yeah. <laughs> but they were like, we don't care. But a girl who has everything. And you're sitting there just like, she said, I'm so sad. My life's so sad. They said, like, yeah, they're yeah. under the waterfall. Like, I just can't. The waterfall and, like, me. with horses. Yeah. I was very confused because, like, I don't get the point of the juxtaposition of that. Like, why are we watching this rich white girl being unhappy? And then the boys are, like, going, like, they find her stuff on the beach. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, did she throw all her stuff in the water? Like, but then their scene actually happens first because, she finds their message in a bottle. So, like, is it saying that there are men um, waiting to love you on a remote island somewhere? <laughs> like, yeah, I maybe. <laughs> hey, stranger things. Stranger things have sure. happened. Sure, yeah. You know, like, if you're unhappy with your life, there's always a random group of men on a remote island that are very, very happy and are ready to love you. Not the law. <laughs> I was going to try not to whip out Shan's lemonade stand, but here we are. Let me just mildly thirsty, just a little bit. Yeah. Oh my God, the live performances. Whew. I'm just going to shout out JC real quick. That man, specifically shouting out the end concert. Yeah. He knows what to do. I mean, granted, he was like, right, like, when it's something around there, getting yeah, there. young twenties, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so he was at the age to kind of understand. He was singing about a little bit more and actually kind of emote properly instead of doing the choreographed thrust, thrust. Oh my god, he performed so well. It was breathy. It was like, ooh, do it. One thing I don't like about the everything that they were doing is that some of the choreography was a little awkward, like them doing the butterfly on the chair and then them <laughs> spinning the chair, but Chris being incapable of spinning the chair underneath his hand, so he started whirling it like this <laughs> i mean like it's hard trying to do like 90s minor friendly moves but oh my goodness jay street would turn it into a pg-13 shell okay <laughs> oh my god Ooh. anyway chris 
Justin and JC singing at the end of the live performances were always so gold. It's like all of them singing live, harmonizing with each other, just passing the baton. Like it was so good. Like I totally wish K-pop idols would do that. And I'm going to keep saying it. But I mean, boy groups now are coming from K-pop. So I'm going to say what I have to say. But seriously, like this, them singing this song and performing mm-hmm. it is like peak charisma and skills on display. Yes. That's all I'll say about that. Yes. This is what's missing from current music. Like this very natural, just like not directed, just genuine performance. Yeah. It's insane. All right. So what do you rate this one? I'll give Snowtown a little cute nine. I'll give him a nine. Yeah, I'll match you. I think I'll I'll go for a nine as well. I do love this one. I think it is a highlight on the album. Yeah. All right, moving on to God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You, which was done by Carl Sturkin and Evan Rogers. And this was released as the third single from the album in the U.S. and a few other select countries like Australia. And it peaked at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. And country band Alabama also recorded a cover with NSYNC as backing vocals. And that actually hit number 29 on the Hot 100, like less than a year later. So good job, songwriters. You guys got that song charted twice. (laughs) Dang, that's nice. I will say I like this song a lot more than I used to, I think. I remember as a kid, I never really thought much of it. I just felt it was super cheesy. I I think having the religious element now come in. Makes it extra, extra cheesy. And I didn't like that as a kid. But I think I appreciate it more now. Because I do think the melody is is really beautiful. And I think I'm just like not as affected by cheesy stuff anymore <laughs> in general. Because I feel like when you're a kid, you're like, eh. But, but now I'm like, it's fine. It's cheesy. Again, you do have that etherealness. The very 90s ethereal ballad situation. Again, you get some really nice guitar, some nice strings. Another snappy, snappy drum situation as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, I think that again, the vocal production is really well done on this. Like the chorus feels super, super warm. It's like a bunch of angels have come down from heaven to like tell you that you're special. <laughs> like it's really, that's very, cute. That's very really beautiful. Cute. That was nice to say. <laughs> <laughs> and the country version, actually, I'm not a huge country music fan, but it was smart. The way they interpreted it was really, really smart. And yeah, just a really good choice from whatever A&R decided to make that happen. But I will say in the grand scheme of in-sync ballads, because they have some really, really good ones, this is not up there. This is not one of the favorites for me. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, this is a this is a light, L-I-T version, L-I-T-E, excuse me, version of Snowtown. Like, it's there, <laughs> it's there, but it's like, white snowfall it's not, it's, it didn't mm. give me enough like now in terms of what you said about like the production and whatnot anything i say will be redundant but i will make a note about how the song has now as you mentioned been a little bit more considered as the like a ccm kind of song contemporary christian music kind of song because the way it is now being attributed to other for other people like in their lives like oh this is a tribute to my mother or my child or a loved one that i've lost or someone i care about someone very special to me it's it's it fits that. It totally does. Like, for the sake of making you feel, like, warm and fuzzy, the song does an effective job in conveying those emotions. And I think that is what makes it a little bit more poignant for people is the mm. meaning behind it. And at the time, having 90s singers utilize kind of, like, gospel influences was very prominent. It was popular to do. So it it, it just fit for the time. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fans who are listening to us now and be like, oh, but I love this song so much. Please don't crap on it. We're not crapping on it. But in terms of like just pop, contemporary pop music, it's just, it's okay. Uh, mm. There's nothing like outstanding. 
But I mean, aside from like them conveying their emotions really well and singing as good as they always have been singing, nothing particularly stands for me with the song mm. and the video. Now, I have a lot to say, but the one thing I really want to focus on, although it's very sweet, and the idea of possibly losing someone to something tragic is really like, to something tragic is really like, oh, wow, you know, appreciate the love that you have. Oh, my gosh, love is so powerful. I think it's sweet. It's, it's you know, the devastating possibility anti ups the ante a bit. But, like, the boys themselves now, they looked like they were going to a funeral. The reason they do is because of the angle that I was looking. Like, there's a hero shot of them, of the camera looking up at them, looking down on the camera. And I just felt like I was in the grave. And I was just like. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, like they're the angels just here, not. you know, singing down at you. Yeah. I mean, not down at you, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're gazing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. Please don't be mad at me. I just thought it was so funny. That's I'm funny. Like, is it my time? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I will say, I remember watching this music video a lot. Like, it was on all the channels at the time. I do appreciate that it is about, like, a familial love or, like, a mother and a child more than just, like, a romantic relationship. I do think it was an interesting choice to kind of have the group be kind of this, like, third-party out and like they're not in the story like they're not acting in it at all like it's just they're just kind of there singing about it i think that's interesting it's an interesting choice you can tell at least that th this one is trying to appeal to a different audience right like if you like i want you back tearing in my heart because it's the third single right yeah so so those two like clearly like for the younger kids i think so uh -huh. them going for this as, as kind of the more adult contemporary kind of situation was smart in the U.S. And I mean, the U.S. is still quite Christian now, but especially back then, like Christian music was quite prominent in pop. Right. Yes. So, yes. So it makes and Hollywood would never be a thing. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So so it makes sense. Like as a business decision, I think it makes sense to have this song. Um, it is interesting, like, they couldn't really release it worldwide because of the kind of religious overtone, right? Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. So that's interesting. I will say the performances are really, really good of this. The gigantic snaps always make me laugh because they're just the biggest snaps you can possibly do behind a mic stand. But, you know, we love a boy band and a mic stand routine. Absolutely. Girl Absolutely. groups, too. It just always works. We love a mic Mike's stand. Mic great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mike stand withheld from the conversation. What would you rate this song? I gave it a seven. Just kind okay. of like right in the middle. What about you? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll go slightly higher. I'll do a 7.5. All right. Okay. Up next, we have You Got It. And this song was done by Vite Wren. Oh, my gosh, guys. Chris did the dance, and I have notes about that dance. Oh, my gosh. It's athletic. <laughs> yes, it's very athletic. But, yes, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. I know I'd be reaching like my back is itching, but hear me out. In my heart of hearts, this song was definitely a song that Phineas and Billie Eilish listened to when they were making songs for Four Town. <laughs> you wanted it. You went for it. I'm getting it on my own. Oh, 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 oh. This is totally this. This is totally this. Not totally, but maybe like 85%. But either way, <laughs> I get it. Max Martin was like the overall inspiration. But when I heard this, I totally sang You Want It. Mm. I told, I, yeah, I told. I mean, even it. the title is similar. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, baby. You got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got it. I want. It makes sense. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I do enjoy this song. 
I think the pre-hook is probably my favorite part because it builds attention so well. <laughs> I'm cackling right now, but it's just so funny because it's just like, okay, no, they get no brave. They start getting, they start digging in there, they're, you know, start digging deep for that, those notes. And it's just so entertaining because it's like, this is very serious to y'all. And by the time the second pre-hook comes around, Chris is sitting there, but I need me. I am in absolute terror because, like, again, it just builds up a little bit more anticipation because it's like, as you mentioned, instead of changing the production, they decided to add more vocal flourishes, more vocal stacks, yes. et cetera. Mm -hmm. The vocal arrangement was more of the focus because they are vocally talented, even though they did dance quite a bit. And I appreciate that so, 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 so much. I do think that it is a little, like, <laughs> urgent, the song for sure. But, I mean... <laughs> I mean, after saying how much they messed up with the, the, the last the situation that they were in in the earlier part of the album, I think this is a kind of like a nice kind of like, oh, my God, this boy is chasing me. <laughs> he wants me so badly. So I, I can appreciate it. It's just it's very, very dramatic. It's a very yeah. dramatic song. And again, it it's those it's those fake keyboard strings. It's the synths as well. Like the synths in this are so dramatic. But then it's like such a simple message. So I think that's maybe why uh, it feels that way. The chorus is so, so simple, but super catchy and fun to sing along to. And again, the harmonies sound so good. Like, like you said, it's the harmonies that really make this song so good. Because I think if you gave this to a different group or a solo artist or something, like it would not have the same effect that it does. So, yeah. It kind of turns this very basic pop song into something that that really builds and ha and has a lot of that energy to it. I will say, I have to say, shout out to Joey for getting one line in the second verse. We love that for you, Joey. And JC gives one of his lines to Chris for the live performance as well. So thank you, JC, for your generosity there. No, 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 we're not. I'm joking. Don't worry. I'm joking. But my favorite part of this song and the live performance, of course, is that bridge. That's just the harmony where they like walk slowly. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. I love watching them perform the song purely for that moment. We really need a bridge like that in better place. I feel like this is what I want from NSYNC. Like, especially in this album, there's so many, there's so many songs that have just open harmony moments, oohs and ahs, and it's all so, so good. And, and that's part of NSYNC sound to me. Uh, I will say with this song, like I appreciate the I do appreciate the songwriters for not repeating the chorus just over and over again at the end. Like we get a second, yeah, bridge, I guess. Like just give me all your love, like that that yeah like, that that urgent kind of feel that you were talking about. But having yeah. that then keeps the song interesting because that chorus is so like you got it. Like you can only hear yeah. that like so much, you know. So they did a good <laughs> job of making the song not get boring yeah. So yeah solid album track i think i think so too like you said shout out to the performances because thank goodness for live vocals and hot mics because there, there's no way that people would listen to this song or even any boy group really who isn't like an actual fan and would think oh yeah anybody else is singing huh guess not chris and joey and blah blah, blah and lance are useless and it's like no 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 you listen to any live performance, <laughs> man, it is so entertaining because it's it's funny because you can hear Lance like holding that bass down. Mm -hmm. Joey smooths out the middle and then you got Frankie Valley the second yeah. over here talking about some God, what I need. 
<laughs> Lord, okay. Oh, but yeah, that, that bridge section is so boys to men for me. I'm not mad about it. And I and the choreography that you were doing for this dance. Why is it so aggressive? It's like <laughs> roll ball change and ball change, step ball change and kicking. Like what is going on? But yeah, no, it's 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 fun. I enjoy it. I appreciate the Joey and Chris solo moments, the mm. highlighted moments that really just allows the two supporting vocals to shine. So yeah, this is a it does what it needs to do. This song, I do yes, like it. Yes, it does. Solid album yeah. track for sure. I will give it an yeah. eight. Give it an eight point five. I like a little bit of urgency. Yeah. I sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have I Need Love, <laughs> done by Gary Corolla. Yes. So very Euro pop, very very different from everything else we've heard so far on this album. Personally, I think a bit of an odd choice to keep on the U.S track listing because it really yeah i mean i guess it kind of fits with some of those songs that show up for the rest of the album as well but yeah you know the synths are just so frantic and you get that very classic like that hi-hat that very euro dancey kind of two and four hi-hat hit it's just very aggressive dance beat and really you can't get more cheesy than this chorus right i need love you need love <laughs> We all really need love. Like, wow. Okay. It's lazy. Um, but it's funny because it came right after You Got It, which literally is almost the same idea, right? You got it. Yeah. I want it. And it's like, but for some reason, that one's so much better because this one's just not great. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, I appreciate all the harmonies and the verses and the bridge. I think JC did what he could singing lead on those verses. Other than that, it's just a bit too basic. Like I, I couldn't see this working for anyone. Like even steps. Like I could. Like I can't even see it working. Like it's even too cheesy for them, which is saying a lot. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Five, six, seven, eight can hold its own against this one. Okay, I'll, I'll take a boot scooting baby over this. When I heard this, I was like, "What is going on?" Because not only I was, I started thinking, "Baby, what is love?" Baby, don't hurt me. Oh, but that sounds so much better. That's my point. (laughs) This is what you were trying to do. (laughs) If this is what you were trying to do, then do it right. Maybe because it was one person (laughs) writing the song. That's why it needs, it needed more hands and more review. Good harmonies are not. It's just the melody wasn't good. Like there's a bunch of la 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 la's and, 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 and stuff. And I'm like, oh God. And you know, Listen, Hadaway needs to come collect the check because the fact that they really did try to make this sound like him, but just try to add in some la la la's to change the song, it's just not great. Like, granted, Euro dance from the 90s is bopping and it's pretty much like this kind of. I get it. I totally get it. But this is not the best effort made to capitalize on the genre. Like, no. the boys sound good, but that's because they're good singers. Next. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, when I hear this, I literally cringe. And I think about like how someone would be like, oh, this is on white people ish. This is kind of what people were talking about. Like, this is kind of like, well, this is very cheesy. This is too cheesy. You know, like, Euro dance doesn't necessarily have to be, like, white people because, granted, like, you know, Mr. Vane, Be My Lover, Rhythm of the Night were sung by, like, black artists. Mm-hmm. But, like, ooh, wait, the milk spilled out a little bit on this one. I'm not going to lie. The milk spilled a little bit. But you know what? Shout out to the boys for holding it down for what they got. I can only imagine their faces when they were like, we're going to Europe, guys record this album like 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 the rest of them did and they get this just not great <laughs> they're like we wanted to be boys to men what is this <laughs> right that's mm-mm. yeah 
Yes, so this song sucks. Ooh, sheesh. But because they execute it pretty well, I will give them a five. It's not like the worst thing I've ever heard. I think a five is fine. You brought up a good point. I'm going to keep my 4.5, though. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> up next is, I want you back. <laughs> and this was done by Max Martin and Dennis P.O.P. And this was released as the group's debut single first in Germany in 1996 and then the rest of the world over the next few years, hitting high chart positions in every country. And there are two music videos, one that was filmed for the German release with NSYNC out in outer space. And then there's a second one filmed a year later in the U.S. and featured a more down-to-earth, literally down-to-earth approach. <laughs> All right. So yes. Lord knows I want to get into the music video portion. But let's talk about this mm. Mm-hmm. How do you... <laughs> yeah, so, it. well, first off, keeping this track far away from tearing up my heart in the sequence was definitely the right move. And they do it in both the German track listing and the U.S. track listing because they really are so similar. It's insane. You know, obviously reading about it, like, tearing up my heart was supposed to sound similar to I Want You Back. Like, their brief was literally, this song did well, so write us an even better version of I Want You Back. So... Because of that, I actually do think Tearing on My Heart is better than I Want You Back, actually. But I do still like I Want You Back, of course. But yeah, there is, again, an inherent drama to it all. It has a really great energy to it. It has that great synth, you know, that, that's kind of just very iconic. And again, the course is very simple, very, very catchy. And I do have to say I love the harmonies in this, maybe more than Tearing on My Heart, because you do have those oohs at the end of every kind of four count of the verse. This, again, just adds a lot of tension, adds a lot of drama there. Yeah. I don't know, just a great pop song. Like, I, I don't have much to say that's different from what I said about Tearing on My Heart. <laughs> you know what? And that's valid. That is, yeah. that is valid because the songs are literally like Coke and Pepsi. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's interesting because it's a telltale sign of who produced it, which is, I guess, a great thing considering how many hits he has. But I think this is the most... Britney slash Backstreet sounding song, really like the tumbling chords. Love that. It is very much them, which mm -hmm. is interesting, and it's tough because I'm like, how many notes do you need to change for yourself not to copyright, copyright to plagiarize yourself? It's so interesting. Like you got to be really intelligent to make songs like this content consistently. Um, I think <laughs> what I like about this song are the verses. The little trills at the end of each line. It's cute. It's kind of just like, oh, okay, a little bit of R&B there. Okay, what's that? They hit these runs really nicely. And it adds a nice spice to the vocal that could otherwise be very dry. So, you know, it's nice for sure. And I do appreciate the second verse melody being emphasized or like, not emphasized, zhuzhed up rather yes. with Chris's harmonies. Shout out to Chris holding down these yes. high notes. Like, I was sitting there watching a performance and I was like singing. I, I stopped and I listened. I honed in. He's singing notes that are kind of like up in my blend area. Like when you start, mm. like they're high. They're high. They are like, high. What? Yeah. yeah. He's high up. He's very mm. high. So when I listened to it, I was like, jeez, mm, it's impressive. But yeah, this song itself, I don't know if I would say Tear of My Heart is, is, ooh, it's so hard. <laughs> oh god it's so hard i like it i feel like it's a different enough and i think because of those verses for sure and i think that the message of it just reminds me so much of um i want you back by jackson five as well so that whole like i screwed up i messed up i see your worth thing 
you know, now I'm mad at myself because I almost started like comparing Tearing My Heart's Bridge to this one. <laughs> but no, I think I, I think I like them both equally. I don't know, but okay, ooh, interesting. Can't say that for the music video though, boy. Ooh, this okay. is the first time I could say this about a U.S. video being better than the original. I can say that now. Usually, <laughs> I, I usually crap on the U.S. version. But this is the first time they got it right for me. Yeah, they they needed they needed to re-record that music video. They had to. Because that German music video, you can't really get more uncool. Oh my god. Like, I, I, kind of what oh. you were saying about I Need Love. Like, can you imagine? They're like, oh my gosh, we're about to film our first <laughs> music video. And then it's like, all right, here we are. Here's the green screen. Here are these tight little outfits that you're gonna wear. That's a tight little outfit. You're in a space station, and this girl is going to, like, keep, like, I don't know. Exploding. Like, <laughs> coming in and Sorry. out. like Dissipating. Uh, and, like, yeah, dissipating. Yeah, I don't know. It's hilarious. I, I mean, it's hilarious to watch back. And they fully commit to it. Like, it's still entertaining because, like, they are giving their all. The choreography is still very, very good. I will say I'm happy that the the German version highlights the dance because that little, you're the oh, yeah, the end. now at the end. Yeah, I love that little line because Chris starts shaking his head. You think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny because he's like, I don't take this crap seriously at all. <laughs> I'm a terrible dancer. Like, let's keep going. Let's go. All right. Like, it's just fun. The, the one, like, non-serious part of the song. But, yeah, I think in the music video for the American version, they balance the drama in a way that was cool because mm. you have these boys kind of just being like with the overexposure of like close-ups the black and white scenes showing their personalities they're like oh my god these boys are so cute and they can dance and oh my gosh i want them too mm. like it just looks a lot more fun you can see their personalities through it i'm a little annoyed that they didn't show the all the boys a lot though i will say that in the american version there's mm. a lot of jc JT close yeah. ups, and then at the end, you get the last three in the back. I was like, Come oh. on, are you kidding me? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, if I would have had been cognizant of like anything other than pooping, eating, and sleeping at this time, oh my God, I would have lost my baby mind. I would have lost my oh, baby yeah. mind. They were so cool and so cute, but goodness, uh, I do appreciate them uh, getting better. Mm hmm. Yeah, the whole kind of balance of, like, them looking cool in the back alley of whatever street they're on, plus the more candid stuff, like, the, again, they're playing sports, and they're, like, on a boat, and, like, all the stuff, like, it, it, it just, like, makes them seem very accessible, and they're not, I don't know, in a space station very randomly for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The performances are great for this as well. I have to give Joey another shout out because he kind of just gives himself his own moment. He gets to be in the front for that dance break. And he's like, I'm also going to sing during this because I can't. Well, I can't. <laughs> oh, God, that poor baby. Oh, my God. You know, the, the live performances are really. Oof. There's this one part that's the first verse of this little pony gallop. Oh, yeah. And they're all in <laughs> one line. Oh, now yeah, I do it every time. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm such a sucker for it. Me too, that me too. That and the dance. Yeah, come over here on that. And the all I ever yeah. wanted. Uh, like, it's so interesting to see the point dance. And if you're not a K-pop fan, a point dance is the main choreography for the chorus or like the more hooky part of the uh, choreography. It's like core memory kind of things. And there's more, there's flips in this one too. And again, I just think it's so evil that the choreographer was like, oh, yeah, y'all gonna get flipped. Now go sing. How? How? <laughs> I want to say so, that they wanted the challenge. They were like, yeah, we can I do it. I respect that. 
You know, the 90s, 90s choreography is hard. It's so athletic. It's not like these little, oh, this is just super hard and fast tutting. It's like, <laughs> throw your body. Heat, <laughs> yes. Heat. Full you know, like out. <laughs> yes. The whole time. <laughs> but that's what we've said about choreography a lot. Like, stage choreography does not need to be super difficult. It's about energy, you know? Absolutely. And musicality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And formation changes. Like, them, they would walk around each other and, like, just change the formation or, like, let someone step off to the side and sing the song. Yes. Like... Yeah, they're in a diagonal at one point, then they're in yeah. the V. Like, it's like, yeah, it works. It works. That's like, come on. I'm like, uh, But what do you give it a rating? Because you said it's not it's not a 10 for you? Like, tearing up my heart? Yeah. Or... I'll give it a 9.5. <laughs> oh. You know what? I like this one's bridge more. I will say that. Because Justin was eating that up. He said, girl, <laughs> I love you. So I'm going to give it a 10 as well. It's up there. Okay. It's up there for me. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Everything I Own, which was written by David Gates and produced by Full Force. And this is a cover of David Gates' 1972 hit. What did you think? You know, I thought it was going to go to you and I must make a path. I'll be there. Yeah. Because of the harpet scored kind of harpet scored kind of instrument. But I okay. realized that the, produ- the, the melody was definitely different. I just, my brain wanted it to be something else. Oh, boy. Ooh, I was playing this song, right? And I was at the gym and I heard this little twinkle sound. Yeah. You know, I thought it was like a kid's fo- a kid's toy or like a or like a phone ringtone. And then I played the song back again. And I'm like, no, there it is again. So I thought, okay, maybe it's like just a- I go to YouTube. The twinkle is still there. Whose idea was it to put this weird Nokia ringtone in the middle of this song? Do you hear that twinkle? Or am I tripping? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I hate it so much. But aside from that, aside from that, <laughs> that dreadful, no offense to the full fourth, but the, the production was just so, like, kid's toy, literally kid's <laughs> toy. Like, you press a button, it sings, and then it starts to, you know, it gets oh, so wow. old. When it starts to get old, it gets a little crusty sounding. That's what happened with this production for me. And, God, they sound good. Yeah, sure. But I, this one of those, like, I, I prefer the original. But, yeah, Chris and Joey, their bridge moment was really delicate. And I, and it brought a, a gentleness that I didn't expect to hear. And I didn't know that was left in this song. Because mm. it already is very soft and very sweet. But then they come in and bring it even more down to this more, like, feather soft kind of texture. Oh, boy. You know, songs like this make me kind of wonder, why hasn't Lance had a talking moment yet? <laughs> Why don't you just utilize a little bit more of this bass that you got? He can sing a little bit higher. Uh-huh. Why not just give it just a little something different? Because right now the production is light and airy. The voices are light and airy. We need someone to come root it back down. And it just never happened. And then it happened in this song. And I was like, you know what? That's right, girl. <laughs> never again. <laughs> so <laughs> I was. Oh, <laughs> uh... They yeah. should have just let him sing. I just was so mad they gave him this cheesy, like... Boys to men monologue. Yeah. That's too cold. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Yeah. But it just didn't have that same fun for it, but, uh, like, just let... let It just, just let him sing something. Give him, like, a time to sing a part in the song, not... I mean, weird... he does have... He's quite prominent in the... In the harmony. I'll say harmonies. No, I meant, like, a lead. If you're gonna make him have a solo, please let him sing. I get what they were trying to do with him talking, though. I get it. But I just, it was just such a cheesy. Yeah. You know? But yeah. yeah. So I did not know the original song. Did you? 
No, not until we did this. Yeah, same. So I didn't know this was a cover until like a couple days ago. So I did listen to the original and I did look up some information about it. So from what I read, David Gates did write this for his father who had passed away. Mm. But then, of course, in sync, or I guess these producers turned it into a sappy, lovey, dovey relationship song, uh, which I don't love that. <laughs> I will say they did stay quite true to the original in the sense that they kind of kept the guitar lead and, and kind of the, the way that that the melody is and everything kind of the same. They also kept his David's vocal stylings pretty similar as well. Like not obviously not the country accent, but kind of the general feeling of it. Like they kind of matched what he was giving. I will say this is kind of just giving random song that they covered when they first formed and needed and were just working on harmonies and stuff. And they were like, okay, like we need like random stuff for the album. And this was kind of just there. That's kind of, like what I get from this because otherwise it just sounds very generic like any boy band could have sang this song oh yeah yes that's a good reason to yeah yeah like I I feel I think again vocally they're so good that they did what they could with it but it's just a bit meh very unmemorable I think that's the thing yeah Yeah. I mean I remember Lance's talking in part well enough for me to be like oh god but (laughs) shout out to him for giving a, a moment though on this album so shout out to Lance for that, yeah. doing his thing, I give it a five. It's okay. I guess. Okay, yeah, I'll no, I'll go no. a little high. I'll do five point five because I do think the original song is actually pretty good. They just like didn't do anything with it, you know. Well, up next is "I Drive Myself Crazy," written by Ellen Shipley, Alan Rich, Rick Nowles, and Vite Rain. This song is titled "Thinking of You." I drive myself crazy everywhere else in the world, likely due to the inclusion of the bonus track "You Drive Me Crazy." on some international album versions. And it's not just the title that is different, though. On the U.S. version of the track, member Chris sings the first verse, while on the international version, JC sings it. And this track was released as the final single from the album. Mm-hmm, which is interesting, for yes. sure. So uh, let me just get this part out of the way first. The whole Chris versus JC situation, we talked a little bit about this in our Pop 101 episode because you know that's more focused on the businessy side of things so i won't repeat everything that i said but i just feel bad for chris that's just where i will leave it because he finally has a lead on a song like can you imagine that meeting where it's like yeah but you're only singing lead on it for the u.s (laughs) like what like it's crazy and i think he actually sounds really good on it too like his version as don't get me wrong i love jc he's my favorite member but in this case Having Chris start the song in this kind of very cold, more cold kind of tone, and he sings very kind of very straightforward, very delicate, and then then Justin comes in again, gets a little more soulful, and then JC comes in with the that bridge, which is amazing, and that's kind of what makes the song great. Actually, is that that build that happens, and so when you have JC then sing the first verse, then it doesn't become as dramatic so yeah much prefer the chris version of it i couldn't find a performance where jc actually sang the first verse so i think maybe they were they kind of left it the way it should have been for everything anyway Uh i do enjoy this song a lot again nice to have something a bit more organic as well like i think this time the drums are actually real here the synth is not as heavy there's also some like 
bongos or some sort of other percussion in the back as well. It was, again, it just feels a little bit more like unplugged, just a little more organic, which is it nice. Does, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, everything else on this has been very synth heavy so far. Mm -hmm. Again, we get another really nice harmony moment before those final mm -hmm. choruses. Yeah. 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 I think the song is solid. I remember it being kind of on TRL and stuff like all the time as well. So, you know what? I do not. I do not. Oh my gosh. Like, it, again, I was super, not super Yeah, you were a little I was younger. Too young, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you, when I heard this, I was like, Chip Scudler, is that you? <laughs> Literally, I was like, oh my God, Chip is going off on this one. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. So after Instinct broke up and, you know, later on in their career, Everyone did their own thing. And Chris Kirkpatrick eventually went to go voice Chip Skylark of um, Fairly Odd Parents. And I think it's great because he can sing his little booty off and was a great pop star. And Chip kind of looked like him, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, I agree with you. I feel like his part was necessary in terms of having the song sound delicate and the theme of the lyrics and the, the the emotions behind it it is necessary to explain why you're going crazy and to kind of start off calm is typically where a lot crazy we're using it very loosely but a lot of people kind of start off calmly as they progress into whatever kind of you know crazed state that they get into be because of anger or frustration or maybe like they snapped whatever you want to call it <laughs> it takes progression it does not take just whoa like you know jc was giving that at the end honey and it was so welcome when it came i was like hang on <laughs> hang on my boy was sitting there studying casey and jojo of jodeci and it shows because those runs i was like those are like those are very specifically styled church runs <laughs> those are so churchy but you know it, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate that his part was removed uh, essentially but I don't know, man. I don't know what people are thinking, but it's nice that at least in the live performance, we got a chance to hear Chris do his thing. But, you know, I, I appreciate it for that. Justin, of course, he's a stable boy group member. I will give him that. Oh, yeah. He's a stable. It's unfortunate that his reputation has somehow like gotten to this weird like jaggedness. But all that aside, like the kid could sing. The kid could sing at the time. Like he yes. still can sing very well. So taking all that crap out of the way, can't mm. deny he had talent. And it's so interesting that you know, he was in his ramen hair days. So like having him as the forefront because he was like the cute young one. Like they all have that all American blonde one. Um, His just came like in a ramen package. So it's interesting that they kept, they made sure that he was on every track. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's okay if this person does the thing, but let's make sure that Justin's there. But I can see why he sells it well. He does what he needs to do. Solid member. He can do both the soulful and the very pop or acoustic sounding thing. Um, the song is great altogether. I will say, though, however, the video takes me out a bit. Yeah. Those boys are so unserious. Like, if you watch any of their back behind the scenes, or even now, like, their Hot Ones episode, they are not mean-spirited, <laughs> unkind on purpose that I know of people. They are jokesters. They <laughs> are weird they're corny with each other. Mm -hmm. And this video was giving that. It was the funniest thing watching them pretend to be mildly or clinic clinically certifiable. I'll say that. Because none of them was taking were taking it serious. None of them. Mm -hmm. None of them. And the fact that JC is leaping in the background of one of these scenes <laughs> by Justin sitting there talking about how he's going crazy without this girl. 
yeah. is hilarious to me. And them sitting or touching each other's faces being like, like I'm trying to sing a serious line here in this padded room and you just, you're clowning. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll give it up to Justin for at least trying to be serious. But the did, rest of them? Did he try to be serious? I feel like the whole point of it was to be like super dramatic and kind of camp and just like very over the top. He um, did try at one point. He did drop to his knees. I thought that was dramatic. I saw he started rubbing his hair. Mm. But he wasn't in the camera sitting there touching someone's face or leaping and throwing himself against the yeah. wall. The, the leaping across the screen in that second chorus is probably my favorite moment of the whole thing. Yeah. It is interesting. Like, obviously, I think they came up with the concept for this, which makes sense. You obviously could not do a music video like this nowadays. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, But not... Like, not taking that into account, like, it is a very, very funny video. And, like, all the little situations that they got into with these women that made them crazy are also, like, quite, like, minuscule things. Like, it's like, okay. Like, Lance's with the flower. I was like, well, I don't understand what's even happening here. Best actor. He's the best actor. That's why he went crazy <laughs> trying to pretend he was in love with that woman. <laughs> I do enjoy the end when they're set free and the respective women are, are then brought into the facility. I thought that was funny. Nice little swap. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is. And they did upload yeah. the Chris version of the music video to their official YouTube. So, yes. Yes. Shout out to Mr. Chip Chris Skylark Fitzpatrick. <laughs> so I give the song a nine. Okay, I will uh, go 9.5. <laughs> Moving on to Crazy For You, which was done by Elaine Bertoni, Christian Ham, and Gary Carolla. All right. Another fun album track. What do you think? Um, I like that finally we get a little bit some some variation in terms of the structure or like the distribution of lines. Like J C and J T A B sharing the first the verses. Yeah. You know, one goes sing a couple bars using that it's nice because as opposed to just letting one person sing this whole sixteen murders, kinda adds some nice little you know, something to listen to, something nice. They complement each other so well. And I do appreciate that they don't take the going crazy analogy too far because we already just left a song like that um, yeah they use the word crazy so much on this album <laughs> absolutely um, yeah that was the word of the day back then you know drive yeah. me crazy i'll drive myself crazy it's nice that they use this kind of this regular like girl i want you so badly or like you know it's the same kind of thing without being like i'm going cuckoo for cocoa puffs you know yeah i think what gives the quote-unquote craze is the music the production actually does what it needs to do. The production switches up finally in the way that we were saying that they didn't have to do. They still didn't have to do it, but they did it to convey the message of the song because you get the sustained strings mixed with a guitar, you know, to add some drama as there usually is in their songs and some romance. But then it gets all rocky with that one, with you. It gets fun. It adds that quote unquote crazy into the mix. The song, though, to me, sounds like something that SM would have snatched up back in the day if NSYNC had not gotten so big. Like something early for Super Junior because their song You fits the same kind of like, oh, you know, kind of theme. So if NSYNC had gotten big, I can see them, uh, I, can, I can see SM being like, oh, how much? <laughs> you know, and as that rock sensibility, it would have been something that they, I feel like they would have been like, oh yeah, we like this. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, this one's good. I mean, I think it comes at a good spot on the album as well because it kind of ties back to like the here we go and the you got it as well. Like it kind of goes back to that kind of fun, just that very kind of fun pop song situation. 
This one is another one where I feel like it was like, okay, like we need songs that will translate really well live for this boy band's show. Like that's what this feels like. Because I love the switch up into that electric guitar moment for that post-chorus. Like it gives a really fun energy to it. Mm -hmm. And again, there's something interesting about the melody of it. Like it's kind of not haunting, but kind of like sinister maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's giving sting. Yeah, wherever yeah, yeah. I go, whatever I do, <laughs> as opposed to every step you take, every move you make, it's just yeah, I, I get that weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of <laughs> like that about it. It kind of is something different for the album. Live, I mean, Joey gets his little moment again. He gets yeah, that little high nice. note. It's very far back in the studio mix, unfortunately, but they do make it a moment in the live performances. Yes, appreciated it. Mm. I think it's a solid pop song. I think it's much better live. Like I don't. It's not my favorite just to listen to. So, yeah, I'll give it a 7.5. I agree with you. I was going to give it like an 8, but I can't sing the verses back well enough. And usually after listening like 5,000 times, I'm good. I can only sing the chorus back. So I'm going to give it a 7.5 as well. Nice. Up next is Sailing, written by Christopher Cross and produced by Bate Wren. And it's a cover of the 1979 hit by Christopher Cross. The hit. All right. This one was interesting because I was like, what is this AC radio song doing on this track? 90s pop albums were like this weird amalgamation of like both we want to make good music and how many people can we grab? So I can understand why people be like, oh, you want to be a pop artist? You're a sellout. I can get it. I can understand yeah, why they would It's not the most <laughs> cohesive album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a little like, let's try a little bit of this. Let's try yeah. a little bit of that. Which isn't like a terrible thing. But when you have songs like... I need love. It, 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 it gets a little like, mm. but any hoodle diddle. This one was very soothing. It was nice to hear them kind of, you know, come into this very mature, breathy kind of um, existential kind of moment here. The song is interesting lyrically, and I, it can be a simple tale of just floating along the waters and sailing away or leaving the thing that worries you behind for a happier state of mind. And I like that it's thoughtful and mature. It grounds the album really nicely. The only thing I don't like is that Chris's top note in the harmony is not my favorite. Oh. It, yeah, it's overly processed for me, or it's just a little too high. It kind of just sounds like it's just, it's high. And I'm not sure if that's like kind of like a thing where they could have just lowered the harmony stack that they decided to use, or maybe gave them something different. But it's just a little too, mm, it's just not my favorite. And it comes out throughout the song. And it's not even the whole harmony. It's the... I don't like that because it comes throughout the song every so yeah. often and it bothers me. Just just enough for me to be like, took me out. But yeah, no, I, I do enjoy it. And I one little note, and I'm done. At the end, both throughout the whole song, JC emotes really well on this one for sure, but the ending specifically reminds me so much of Jodeci. Like, oh my God. Like, the way he's still singing and doing runs and still... At the end, literally, if you guys ever listen to Stay by Jodeci, the five-minute version, get to the end. The last 10 seconds is just foolish, but very talent, talented yeah. riffs and runs that just don't stop. Oh, yeah, baby, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and that's what JC is away with this one. I'm not mad at it. It was just really funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I enjoy this one. I agree with you. It's not like it doesn't really make sense on the album, but I do enjoy it for what it is. Again, having that kind of dreaminess 
um, there that's very, very 90s. And even the original version also is really, really beautiful as well and also has that dreaminess. So, yeah, I also, I knew this was a cover, but I don't think I actually, I actually heard the original oh, yeah. until yeah. like this week. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting to hear the interpretation for sure. The most kind of interesting change is that the bridge is like a piano solo in the original version, and then they turn it into this really dynamic harmony situation. So that was a, a good choice for them. Yeah, I agree. I think JC, again, sounds amazing, again, with all the intention of it. And I do appreciate that the for the vocal production, some the harmonies are actually louder than Ooh, JC yeah. for a lot of it. Like in the chorus yeah. and stuff, like... You can hear all five of them very, very prominently, even though JC is singing lead. So I do appreciate that. And the performance where they fly is very nice. So, yeah, I actually really enjoy this. I think I agree. I don't think it totally makes sense in the context of the album, but as an in-sync track, I actually really enjoy it. And it makes sense kind of as you get to the later discography, I think, more. So, yeah, I really like it. I will give it a nine. Yes, and also you're right. Shout out to Lambs on these harmonies. They sound so talking about rooted, rooted. Yes, this is so damn good. He's so good. So I give this one a nine as well. Mm. Yes. All right, moving on to the last track on the U.S. track list of the album, we have "Giddy Up," and this one was written by Vate Ren and all five members of In Sync. So it is interesting yeah. because this was not the ending track on the <laughs> German track mm-hmm. listing. I feel like these last few songs, like they were just like fast song, slow song, fast song, slow song. Like, but they like do not make sense sequentially, like at all. Like this right after the beautifulness that is sailing is quite jarring. I think. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think of Giddy Up? <laughs> you know, maybe because the way it comes in with that kind of like G funk kind of hip hoppy kind of thing and then the the very Teddy Riley like doom 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 like very no diggity no doubt kind of thing. It, it they're thinking it's smooth enough. Uh I do like the call and response kind of bluesy moment. The da da na 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 da da I like that part because it makes me want to participate as an audience member. Yes. And yeah, I think in terms of what you were saying, they may have put ceiling in between this two song between uh this giddy up and um uh crazy song for before you. crazy for you yeah just to kind of break it up but i think they could have just swapped it because sailing would have been a nice ending yes but i guess in terms of like who they are as a group they want to end on a high note i don't know who picks these, these freaking sequences at the time but they wrote they wrote on it so i guess it was kind of exciting for them to have a song on the album let it be the last yeah. one who knows mm-hmm. but yeah i think going back to uh the vocals again Justin's verse again cracks me up because he puts a twang on and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. If I get canceled, I get canceled, whatever. But again, he does it so well. It mm-hmm. fits. And I just, I really do wonder what these guys were thinking when they were making these songs. Is it like, we're just kind of trying to make an X, Y, and Z kind of song, or it's just something that naturally happened because they understand what the song was asking for? It's one of those conversations that we probably mm. will never know the answers to. But it's it's interesting to me. But yeah, I'm not sure if you notice it, but at the end, he says something like, keep it crunk at the end of the song. Yes. But like in some other some other recording that's not that. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, I, for, I forgot which one. I, I found something on YouTube and it wasn't, it was, it was crunk. He said something else. And I'm like, what in the, how do y'all got two different endings? But yeah, I think it's just interesting that he has like these little weird endings and it's like, it's like okay, sure, sure, whatever. I will say one thing that always kind of makes you a little 
curious was the ride it, ride it part. Where did they get that from? I feel like it was very fillery. But like when you watched your Disney performance, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the whole thing's about crowd participation, but you have a bunch of kids talking about some ride it, ride it, ride it. And it's telling these girls that they ride it, ride it, ride it. It's just weird. It's just weird. It's a very lazy filler kind of thing, but it's still fun. Like, I don't take this seriously as like a yeah. album track, but not like terrible either. It's just, it's I. How do you feel about this one? Because like you said, it's a strange placement. Yeah. I mean, I will say I did enjoy the Disney performance because they were clearly having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what the, how the song was written. Like, were they in the studio? Because, you know, we've seen Vate Ren's name quite a lot throughout this album. So I wonder if they were just in the studio with him and he was like, hey, we also have this random track. Like, do you guys just want to try writing on it? Um, and so it was just kind of them, like, you know, jamming in the studio and just kind of coming up with, you know, random things and just putting it in there, you know, is kind of what it kind of feels like. So I appreciate that and kind of how, like, loose it is, I guess. Lance does have a line in the first verse, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I will say the Disney performance did sell it for me, for sure. Actually, just listening to this song, I think it's fine. I think it does get very repetitive because the chorus literally is just giddy up, giddy up, giddy up now. I do think the ad-libs at least keep it interesting because, again, like, JC and, and, and Justin are just so good that they kind of just elevate the song just by being on it. <laughs> and the harmonies are super, super tight for sure. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's just fine. Like, it's not a song I ever really, like want to listen to you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah it's okay. i mean it's okay it does what it needs to do i gave it a seven this one i give it a seven yeah i'll agree with you on the seven all right that brings us to the end of the standard u.s version of this album now there are bonus tracks from the uk and german version of the nsync album but that is a patreon and spotify subscriber exclusive if you would like to hear us and hear our ratings definitely subscribe and go on Patreon. We'll see you there. But for now, we're going to go into our cut and keep section. That's of right. Our review. Yes. Yeah. And trust me, <laughs> definitely come join us because we have some fun thoughts about, you know, Riddle and uh, Together Again. So, yes. But anyway, for the cut, if I had to cut a song off this album, ooh, there's a few hey. I could cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ooh, you know what? I think I'm going to go with everything I own, actually. It's not my lowest rating on the album, but I think as a whole project, it's just the most unnecessary one. Like, it's the most fillery feeling one. Oh, not me trying to figure out what you were talking I'm like, everything I own? <laughs> what song was that? <laughs> I legit sat here questioning you. Brilliant. Like... It's brilliant. Oh, what my gosh. I a bonus track on. <laughs> oh, whoops. Okay, you know what? I'm probably just gonna cut. Um, I need love. It's yeah. just not. Uh, yeah. I like it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would have been my next one. I mean, let's be honest. This could have been a great ten track album. So <laughs> yeah, just let it let it be short. Or excuse yes. me. All right. So <laughs> if you had to keep a song though, what would you do? Are we are we excluding singles? I mean, there's like seven singles though. Are we it's trying so hard. to? Yeah. What should what what's our what's our rule here? All right. So we're going to try not to use singles because obviously the singles were singles for reasons. But also we want to have a song that represents this album well. I would pick You Got It because I rate it higher than Crazy For You. I do like Crazy For You, but I think You Got It is fun. And the way it sounds, I can hear the harmonies. It's It's got a nice, like, New Jack swing kind of thing. And again, that pre-chorus, can't tell it nothing. 
and the urgency. Love it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's great. And it, and it still sounds like in sync without sounding like BSB, without sounding like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I picked. Yeah, this is tough because literally almost every song on this album was a single. But, okay, so I was also actually going to pick You Got It because I didn't want to pick I Just Want to Be With You because I already picked that for my B-side pick. But since you because already picked You Got It, I might as well, right? Because I Just Want to Be thick. With yeah. You is so good. I never get sick of that song. It's probably going to be in my top 10 on Spotify this year because I've just been listening <laughs> to so much in sync. <laughs> Same. Oh, gosh. It's so good. It should have been a single. Oh, he said yes. what he said. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So overall thoughts. What do you think of the album? And overall rating as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my overall thoughts are that this album was really good. Like, it's one of those things where now because we know the history, like, we have all the documents and all the documentary, excuse me, and all of the footage and the guys have already spoken out a lot about a lot of things. It's exciting to have, like, I guess, wondered about the mystery behind the story because to have these guys come together randomly and then make such good music and, like, it was how many singles you could pick from it. And it's it's impressive. It's a solid album. A lot of work went into it. And it's nice to hear how good they were and then, like, eventually how good they got. Like, mm-hmm. It's crazy to think about how good they were back then. You're like, how old are they? How old are they again? So, yeah, I, I really do appreciate this album for what it was. And usually when I listen to that, when we do album reviews, I kind of get like, oh, my God, please, please, please. Oh, God, heck, huh? But with this one, I actually enjoyed it. And I appreciate that. I could distinguish who they were, like when they sang, what parts, <laughs> the harmonies were there. I think it's a good boy group album for sure. And it's a shame that like albums like this don't get made as much where they're like trying to make everything worthy of a single. <laughs> but yeah, there was some filler, but what can you do? <laughs> they were new. Yeah, I, 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 I do like it. This is a good album and I give it a, I'll give it a nine altogether because there are some songs in here. I'm like, damn, you brought the score down, but I'll give it a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. I will probably actually go with an eight for the full ranking because I I think like we've been saying, it's not the most cohesive album. Like it's kind of all over the place, like especially that second half of it where it's like you have sailing, but you also have I Need Love, and then you have, like, filler, and it's, I don't know, it just kind of gets a little disjointed there. Good point. Good point. But it is interesting, because, you know, especially now, you know, especially with in K-pop, right, people always get asked, like, oh, like, what's your sound? Like, what's, what are, is your thing? And we've seen recently, like, a lot of artists attempt these kind of crazy things, you know, to try and establish a sound, and it doesn't, like, really work or you have people that are like well it's our voices our voices are our our sound and it's like okay but you all kind of sound the same so okay but in in sync's case their sound really is their voices i would say like we talked about like i need love and stuff like the harmonies is are so really really good mm-hmm. and you can still hear all five of them and justin and jc are very recognizable and they really did kind of give their all to everything vocally so yeah. it really is their voices that kind of keep it more cohesive, at least. So I do appreciate them. They're still definitely like one of my favorite boy bands ever, for sure. But yeah, not their best album, because it is just kind of all over the place. But it is a, a solid debut album. I think, you know, a lot of debut albums are kind of all over the place in general. So yeah. especially given their origin story, it makes sense. <laughs> Your eight is so, so welcome. 
unofficially, I'll I agree with you and I'll match your eight. But since I said nine already, I'll leave it as a nine. But <laughs> I totally understand what you mean now. I'm like, oh yeah, new new evidence has been brought to me in reminders. I did say it was an. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Okay. Any little doodle, guys. Let us know how you all feel about this album, about the songs. Let us know your ratings, how you feel about them, what would you cut, what you would keep, and be nice, be civil. And also, let us know how you feel about Better Place, because we have our feelings, too. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about NSYNC. It's NSYNC. Hello. Um, So, yeah, let us know what other albums you'd like to hear us review. And you can hang out with us and the crew on Patreon to get priority choice. And you can comment below or message us at CCTV Pops on all social media. Do not forget, if you want those exclusives about the bonus tracks from the UK and Germany, to hit us up on Spotify and Patreon, okay? Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow, rating, and a review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. Signing off from CCTV, the nonstop pop show. Hey.